Blog Talk Radio. What's going on, folks? It's your boy Long Beach Joe, and I am back at it, back at it, back at it again. <laughs> your boy's back at it again, man. <laughs> And, boy, do we have quite a bit to talk about, all right? NFL draft is around the corner. Uh, I'm guessing some of you are just as excited as I am about it, all right? New York Jets got to make some moves. A lot of things moving and shaking, all right? So we're going to be discussing some things as well. Jets has also made some moves as well, re-signed Cedric Odobushi as well here. Bryce Huff signs his restricted free agent tender. And we're going to have an NFL draft analyst come on. Okay, Mr. Tony Pauline, we're going to be discussing some things with him tonight as well about the New York Jets drafting his football team. This guy knows a lot, okay? He knows a lot. That's why I really enjoy talking to him. So let me go ahead and get into the show. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team, all right? For those of you that don't know as well, your boy is on iTunes. Go on over to iTunes, type in The Long Beach Joe Show, The Long Beach Joe Show, okay, on iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast, give me a five-star rating, and leave me some feedback. Let me know what you folks think about what I'm doing. I always appreciate people when they do that. And I thank y'all for those of y'all that have done it, okay? Also as well, okay, and salute to all savages. I see you. I see you in the chat. Badger Dan, I see what's going on. Salutes to you. Listen, your boy is also on YouTube as well. I know some people be like, Joe, we hear the show on Blog Talk. We like your takes. We hear it. You know, I subscribe to the podcast. I didn't know that you do live content. Yes, we live stream the shows, baby. That's what we do over here. We have a lot of fun. Come on over to YouTube. Type in Long Beach Joe Jets, Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube, okay? Subscribe. Hit that notification bell. Give the video a thumbs up. So when I post content, y'all be in the know. All right? A lot of people don't know that. They'd be like, well, Joe, you look good, man. You're a handsome guy. Hey, thank you. You know, I'm not cocky. I'm not arrogant. I just do what I can. I work with what I got. You know what I'm saying? So come on over to YouTube, Long Beach Joe Jets, and get involved. Also on Twitter as well, at the Long Beach Joe, at the Long Beach Joe on Twitter. All right? We have a lot of fun. We have a blast. We talk about a lot of different stuff. Follow your boy, again, across all of my social media platforms and talk to me because I talk back. Now, we're going to get into it. Because I am hyped tonight, all right? I am fired up. Salutes to all the savages in the chat, all right? Tonight we, are, we have a special guest that we are going to be speaking to. We're going to be speaking to Mr. Tony Pauline of the Pro Football Network. Again, he's one of their NFL draft analysts. This guy has been on top of story after story after story, knows this team like the back of his hand, Okay. So we're going to go, go ahead and start talking to him about this, NFL, about this NFL draft that's coming up and what the Jets could possibly be doing. Salutes to you, Tony. I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Welcome to the Long Beach Joe Show. How are you doing today? I'm okay. Thanks for having me. But I have a question. Is it Long Beach, New Jersey or Long Beach, Long Island? Oh, no, no. Hold on, Tony. I, I get that question a lot. Okay? I get it a lot, and I understand why. It is Long Beach, California. Okay. Wow. Uh, another guy. nice place. Yeah. Yo. Oh yeah. You just yeah, had, you just had an Indy car race there uh, last uh, Sunday. 
Absolutely, we do that. We have those races every year. They come to the city and have a have a good time. I love this team. Grew up on the West Coast and watched the Jets and fell in love with them when I was younger and continued to follow them. That's how I got into it. So that's that's what's up where I'm at, Tony. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I do here. But I do get that question a lot. But a question that I want to ask you, right? We go back and forth. We talk. Everyone knows this Aaron Rodgers situation is dragging on. It's continuing on. When do you think this trade will be finalized? And from your standpoint, what is going on? Can you give us some insider stuff about what, you know, maybe some things you've heard behind the scenes on what's holding up and why it's been going on for so long? Well, I, I mean, when is it going to get finalized? Uh, you know, I'm sure both sides hope it's hope that it's done before the draft. If it's not done by the time the Jets are called to the clock or the Jets, uh, you know, basically have select, made their second selection in the second round of uh, the draft on Friday night, it probably won't get done for a while. Now, why is it held up? Green Bay wants a first-round pick. You know, the Jets want to give compensation. That is kind of, as somebody kind of said to me jokingly, the Jets have to stop offering the same compensation to the Packers that they gave Green Bay for Brett Favre. And it was kind of tongue-in-cheek, meaning that they really weren't offering a whole heck of a lot. So I think that if it happens this, you know, if it happens this before the draft, it'll include some of those second-round picks this year and then a pick next year. I think if it happens after the draft, the Jets are going to have to surrender their first-round pick in 2024. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's the way it's looking. I personally have thought from the jump that it would either get done, you know, right before the draft or on draft night. And the more that this thing continues to play out, the longer it continues to drag on. I'm thinking draft night is probably when it will get done. But like you said as well, I could see the New York Jets – you know, I could see this situation with the New York Jets and, and, and the Packers continuing to play out even after the draft. And my personal opinion is I think if it plays out after the draft, it's even better for the Jets because that allows them to really get value in this draft to continue forward, building, you know, with Aaron Rodgers eventually being able to come here. And I think that that hurts the Packers because then they don't get compensation this year to continue to move forward with love. What is your thoughts about that? As this continues forward, who do you think loses and gains leverage in this situation? Well, I, I mean, I guess it's all a matter of opinion, but I think if it happens, if it doesn't ha- happen uh, before the draft, it doesn't happen Thursday or Friday night, I think the Jets are going to have to give up more if it doesn't mm. happen those two nights. Because, I, like I said, the Jets, and this is, uh, uh, this is uh, what a lot of people in the league think, and I spoke with somebody about this last night, that if it's not done, you know, before the draft or during the draft this year, and it doesn't include picks this year, the Jets are going to have to throw in their 2024 first rounder. So, uh, you know, I, I guess it, it depends on how much you value Aaron Rodgers. If you think he's worth a first round pick in 2024, I guess it doesn't matter. If you think, uh, you know, a second round pick this year and then, you know, a second rounder in 2024. Uh, is enough or slightly more than enough, then you're going to want to have it done, you know, before before the draft or literally uh, up until the Jets have those two picks on Friday night back-to-back. Mm, yeah. So as we continue to move on and we talk about this team and continue to build, you know, hopefully Aaron Rodgers gets here at some point. I think one of the things that every Jets fan is looking at is this offensive line right now. 
When you look at the line, I think one of the biggest questions that are on the line, one of the biggest question marks to this point, is Makai Becton. What are your thoughts about Becton, and do you think we'll see the New York Jets sign his fifth-year option? Well, I think it's way too premature to predict the latter. I mean, what are my thoughts on Becton is – he seems to be doing the right thing. I mean, if you followed me, uh, my reports at Pro Football Network since the Shrine game, I said he was down to 267. Then I tweeted out a couple of weeks ago, I hear he's down to 255. So, you know, he seems to be taking things seriously. But the fact is, the guy hasn't played football in two years. The guy hasn't played productive yeah. football in more than two years. So, I mean, is he coming back as the left tackle? Is he coming back as the right tackle? I think it's a situation where the Jets are hopeful for him, but you can't really be relying on Becton, who's been injured the past two years. I mean, last year before the season even began, the prior year in the first game of the season. You can't be relying on him. You can be hopeful, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, that he plays well and gets through the season. And, and, and fact is this is those long-limbed, long-legged offensive linemen usually don't have a lot of longevity, and they do sustain a lot of injuries because their legs are so exposed, and, and that's, that's always been a danger. There's been, there's been a couple of exceptions, but not too many. So as far as a fifth-year option, I think that's the furthest thing from the Jets' uh, mind right now. He's got to get into camp. He's got to break into the starting lineup. Is he playing left tackle? Is he playing right tackle? Is he going to play good football for the whole season? Yeah, that is a big question. Again, I'm a big Makai Beckner fan. As we've all seen, you know, the workouts, he's looking phenomenal. He's looking like he's in great shape. He's also spoken about being in a better mental state as well. I think that that's huge for him, and I'm excited. I know, again, like you spoke about as well, the injuries, not playing football for those two years. But I think he's a guy that has the talent, and we'll see what continues to happen with him going forward. That situation is going to be monitored for sure by the entire fan base. But another thing that a lot of people are speaking about is the New York Jets possibly taking a tackle at 13 this upcoming season, or this upcoming draft, excuse me. What are your thoughts about some of the tackles that that are here, the top tackles, and do you believe that the Jets will take a tackle at 13? I know they'd like to. I know they'd like to take Paris Johnson of Ohio State. Uh, I know for yeah. I heard again last night that they really like him. I don't know that he's going to be there. I think Broderick Jones – of Georgia would also be a real good fit for their system. I think he's a terrific left tackle. He's an athletic left tackle, a zone-blocking lineman, a little bit younger than Paris Johnson. He's probably going to be a few more bumps in the road. Paris Johnson, who really, from Ohio State, who made the successful uh, transition from guard to left tackle uh, this past season. Uh, I think they'd like either one. Uh, Skronsky, I can't get a, a grip on whether or not they like Skronsky. You know, Skronsky, if you draft him, he's going to be a guard or he's going to be a right tackle. He can't play left tackle with those mm. short arms. Um, I don't know whether they're going to be there. You know, when you look at Chicago at 9, Philadelphia at 10, Houston, uh, um, uh, uh, Tennessee at 11, you know, uh, obviously Chicago and Tennessee desperately need tackles, specifically left tackles, Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones. Uh, the, uh, the the Eagles' way is to draft for the future. They just signed Jalen Hurts to a huge contract. They could go in a variety of ways. They could take B. John Robinson. They could take a defensive lineman or pass rusher, or they could pot- potentially take uh, Peter Skronsky. So, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm hopeful one of the left tackles falls to the uh, 13th pick. I think right now it's about 50-50. 
What are your thoughts about Darnell Wright? A lot of people speaking on him, the tackle from Tennessee. How are you feeling about him and his ability? And is that, is that a guy that you could see rising up the board as the draft continues to come closer and closer? Yeah, well, I don't think he's going to rise anymore in, in the next week, uh, actually next six days. I mean, he's strictly a right tackle. I like Darnell Wright. I don't love him. I think the 13th pick is early for him. I think the earliest he goes uh, is to Pittsburgh, and that's because it's you know not a great tackle class. I mean, when I watch Darnell Wright, he's a little bit stiff. I think he's got to do a better job bending his knees. Terrific athlete. Did a, had a great season at Tennessee. Played well at the Senior Bowl. But 13 is just a little bit rich for my blood. If they do take Darnell Wright at 13, I think it's more basically to fill a need, and there's no one else on the board that they really like. Okay. Yeah. Now, when you look at the New York Jets offensive line again, and we keep talking about the tackle position, which is definitely you know a, a spot to keep our eye on, the center position is also a gigantic hole. I mean, the Jets really don't have anybody there. Again, Connor McGovern has moved on. There's been a lot of talk about Ben Jones, a lot of rumors swirling surrounding him, but nothing has come to fruition yet. Now, with that being such a glaring hole, what are your thoughts about players like John Michael Smith and Joe Titman? Who do you feel will be a great fit for the green and white if the New York Jets were to take a center in this draft? Yeah, the Jets are, have a desperate need at, uh, at center. I mean, I, I think John Michael Schmitz is a better fit. I have John Michael Schmitz as a slightly, rated slightly higher than Joe, Joe Titman. Schmitz is my uh, – top-rated center, but either guy would be a significant reach at 13. If, the, if there's no offensive tackle on the board uh, available to the Jets at 13, there's no other player that really stands out to them, and they want a center, their best move, their best strategy is trade down if they can and then look at one of those players later on. I think round two is an area where they look at the center position, Luke Whippler, of uh, mm-hmm. of Ohio State, I wrote about him a week ago, and I did a uh, an article on the offensive centers because you know there's about six teams, seven teams that really need offensive se- offensive centers, and there's only about four offensive centers in this draft. Uh, I know that, so I think one of those two picks in the second round could end up being Whipler. Also, know that they like Ricky Stromberg of Arkansas, but Stromberg is more of a late third round type of guy, and it's a situation where they would either have to move down from two or move up from four, or you know, if they move down from one, get a third round pick, uh, and if they don't take a center and run, take a guy like Stromberg in the third round. What are your thoughts on Steve Avila's skills translating to possibly becoming a starting center in NFL? I know a lot of people talk about him you know, playing guard, playing center as well. Do you feel like he's a guy that could be a fit in the NFL as a center? Fit for the, in the NFL, yes. A fit for the Jets, I don't think so, because you know, the Jets want more of a zone-blocking type of lineman, and Steve Avila of TCU is more of a power gap guy. He can play center. He, he mm-hmm. played center successfully. Uh, at yeah. TCU, and he's going to go earlier than a lot of people think. Uh, he's going to go early second round. Uh, can he play center? Yes, I think he'll be drafted as a guard. Maybe he makes the transition. I just think the Jets want more of a mobile guy that can get out on the second level and block in motion, which Avia is not terrible at it, but a guy like Luke Whippler, even John Michael Schmitz, is much, much better. Yeah, and again, we're speaking to Mr. Tony Pauline, He's an NFL draft analyst of the Pro Football Network. Everybody, please go on over to Twitter. Follow him at, at Tony Pauline. Phenomenal guy. 
full of great draft takes, knows the Jets through and through. Now, as we continue to talk about this football team, Tony, even though the Jets have a solid wide receiver core with Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, just got McCole Hartman in the building as well, there's some Jets fans that are salivating at the idea of the Jets taking Jackson Smith in the first round. Could you see that happen? I struggle to see that happening with so many more with so many needs yeah, on the offensive line. I mean, the, the offensive line is basically you're looking at desperation there. I mean, Aaron Rodgers decides to come here, and uh, they, they basically need three offensive linemen, three, uh, you know, one or two tackles and a center, if not more. I, you know, Smith Njigba is more of a luxury. I like him a lot. Actually, I had him graded higher than uh, C.J. Stroud coming into the season before he went down with the third-degree hamstring injury. I was also at the Pro Day, the Ohio State Pro Day, and he was phenomenal, even though he barely played football in 2022. I just don't think, you know, you look at the Jets' receiver core, and it's really good. Uh, I, I think that Smith and Jigba is a bit of a luxury pick. I think if none of the offensive tackles are there, you know, and there's a team that wants to trade up to get him, that may be an opportunity for the Jets to trade down. Are there any wide receivers that you feel like aren't getting spoken about enough that the New York Jets could target and possibly value picks in like those mid rounds of this NFL draft? Well, I like Cedric Kilman of Tennessee a lot, but he is a, a is a round two pick, an early round two pick, so we can uh, you know get him off the board. Kid from Liberty, um, Demario Douglas, who I actually just tweeted about today, posted a scouting report. He's a smaller guy, five eight and a half. 179 pounds, sort of like Elijah Moore. He's a speedster like Elijah Moore was. He's a better route runner than Elijah Moore was, much better route runner. I was at, I was at uh, Shrine Game practices, and he could not be covered. He absolutely could not be covered, the DeMario Douglas. Terrific hand, snatches the ball away from his frame, and he also, also uh, doubles as a return specialist. So I think that's a guy in the fifth-round area that they could look at. Charlie Jones of Purdue is another one. Uh, maybe Grant DeBose of Charlotte, who's a real good pass catcher. Not a speedster, not a downfield guy, but a reliable pass catcher. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson of uh, Iowa State is a phenomenal pass catcher, very reliable, real good route runner, tough. But, again, he's a 4-5-4 guy, and he plays to that speed on the field. So, you know, if they want to add a receiver in day three, I think there'll be plenty of good receivers. I think there's probably better receivers. There's better value. I should, let's, let's say it like this. There's better value at the receiver position in day two and day three than there is in day one. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Listen, Tony, I've heard a lot of people speak about that as well, and it's interesting for you to say that as well and speak to that take. Now, when you look at the Jets' defensive line, a lot of people want us to add some things as well. We were able to get in Quentin Jefferson but a lot of people still want to see us beef it up. What are your thoughts about projects or prospects, excuse me, like Khalidja Kansi being added to the Jets defensive line? Could you see that in maybe the second to third round he might be there? I'd be shocked if he's there in the second round. I mean, I have a second round grade on Khalidja Kansi, but everything I've heard about him, he's going to go in the first round. I, you know, I, I he's not a first rounder for me, but people love his production. People love his explosion. He's a smaller guy. He's got short arms. I, I don't see the appeal in him uh, in the first round. I would be surprised if he's there for the second round. I, I mean, my last mock draft, I think I had the Jets taking Brian Brise of Clemson 
because all of the offensive tackles were off the board. And I, I think Brise is more of a solid type of offensive lineman, big, athletic, coming off a disappointing season, but uh, you know none of it was his fault. His, sister tra- his younger sister tragically died of brain cancer. He had a kidney infection, may have a knee issue, but you go back to Brise early in his Clemson career, and everyone projected him as a top-ten pick. I mean, he was that dominant of a lineman. Uh, but again, my mock draft, I don't do trades, and all the offensive tackles were off the board. And when I, when I looked at it, obviously, you don't, they're not going to need another corner. Uh, that's why I went with Brise. As far as Cansey's concerned, I don't know that he's a good fit for the Jets. I would say about 99% he's not going to be there when they select in round two. Hmm. Okay. okay. What are your thoughts about Jalen Carter? There's a lot of people believe that he's sliding down the board due to the incident you know, off the field with the racing, and there's a lot of talk about his pro day, him not finishing drills and things like that. What are your thoughts about him and his draft stock right now? And do you believe that he could possibly be there in the first round? He might be a guy that the New York Jets could possibly add to this defensive line at 13? Yeah, I'm, I'd be shocked if he gets past Atlanta. I tweeted out earlier today, people I've talk, spoken with in the league, because uh, as draft meetings, final draft meetings are ending, say that they don't think he's going to get past five. The belief is right now that Seattle's going to take him at five. If he gets past Seattle at five, I don't think he gets past uh, Atlanta at eight. And then you've got Chicago there at nine, and everyone thought that before the trade and before all the issues that Carter had, that he would go, uh, Chicago was going to take him with the first pick of the draft. Now, on the very slight chance that he falls to 13, it, it'll be interesting to see if the Jets would go that way. I mean, Carter has really – done the worst job possible in in the run up lead up to the draft as far as you know uh, the the job interviews the whole process you know the car accident was a tragedy it's sad that it happened i mean he got into legal trouble for that that seems to be settled but you mentioned the pro day where it was terrible and the bigger issue is when his agent comes out and says that Jalen Carter is not going to meet with teams outside the top 10 you know, if he slides down to 13 and the Jets haven't spent time with him, are the Jets really going to uh, select a player like that in the draft? You know, a little revisionist history, which, uh, you know, includes the New York Jets. And, I, you know, hopefully there's some older Jet fans listening. Back in 1989, there was a receiver by the name of Andre Risen, And the Jets desperately mm. needed a receiver uh, in that draft. And Risen had told people, in the lead-up to the draft, teams that were outside the top ten, that he wasn't going to meet with them. He wasn't going to work out for them because he wasn't going to be there when the, when they were called to the clock because they were outside the top ten. Well, Andre Risen fell to the 22nd pick of the draft, and people were scratching their heads. That was the, the year the Jets took Jeff Lagerman. People were scratching their heads. Why did the Jets pass on Andre Risen? And Mike Hickey, who was the general manager, said, listen, we were interested in Andre Risen, but he refused to work out for us. We wanted to work him out, you know, and get more information on Andre, but he, he was just uncooperative with us. Now, this is different at time, obviously, different age, different player, but still, I, I think when you have that sort of attitude, especially from an underclassman who left the combine, then had to come back to the combine, never participated in the senior bowl, never took part in senior bowl interviews, that leaves a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Yeah, that's exactly what we're hearing, uh, what, exactly what I've heard as well, Tony, just speaking to different people, especially, again, like you spoke about as well, 
a lot of the things that we've, you know, seen the, the lead up here, the workouts, you know, his pro day not going well. I believe he showed up a nine pounds heavier, the incident, you know, off the field with the racing. And there's a lot of questions as well. A lot of people have questions about his tape, whether he plays hard every single play. There's a lot of questions about Jalen Carter and, Boy, oh, boy, it's going to be very interesting as we continue to come forward to this draft to see what actually is going to happen in that first round because there's been a lot of talk about him sliding. Now going from him to a guy that's a super team guy, a guy that played phenomenally for the New York Jets. Oh, by the, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the, uh, your comments here in the chat. Somebody said Jonathan Ogner was 6'9". Jonathan Ogner was not 6'9", so <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can scratch that one. <laughs> Listen, uh, Tony, Tony, those are the savages. Tony will get after you as well. You're the savage, too. So if you don't like stuff you say, he's going to get after you as well. And, and, and by the way, I was I was all for uh, – in fact, I, I was outspoken that I wanted the Jets to take Jonathan Ogden over Keyshawn Johnson that uh-huh. year uh, uh-huh. <laughs> because I knew Ogden was going to be a great left tackle. And, and even though Wikipedia says that uh, Jonathan Ogden is uh, 6'9", he was not 6'9". <laughs> Well, he lets you know. Listen, Jonathan Ogden was not six foot nine. But when you look at the New York Jets defensive line situation, Quentin Williams played phenomenally for us this year. As we know, he wants an extension. Didn't show up to the you know, the start of the off season uh, program, just the workouts, the voluntary stuff. What are your thoughts about this situation with Quentin Williams? Do you think that they'll eventually be able to get an extension done? And how long do you see this situation with him playing out? I mean, this is a guy that's phenomenal. We drafted him. And, you know, a lot of Jets fans are frustrated that he's not gotten his just due yet to be able to say, hey, he's going to be a Jet for the rest of his career. How do you feel about this situation? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it'll, it'll get done. I, I, Quentin Williams was the best player in the draft that year. Quentin Williams was probably Mike McCagden's best pick ever, you know, as general manager of the Jets. I, I mean, it's early. There's no reason for them to do it yet. And, you know, you're going to have to see what happens if you bring Aaron Rodgers over, you know, how much money do you have under the cap? Do you have to create more room under the cap? Uh, so I, I wouldn't fret over it, you know, in the middle of April over the situation with Quentin Williams. I mean, the Jets would be insane not to sign that guy, uh, you know, for a long, long term. Although I hate to bring up the yeah. name of Muhammad Wilkerson, if, every, if anybody remembers that whole situation. Ooh. Um, yeah, that was but rough. yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't fret over it right now. I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. I expect him to get quite a bit of money. He's probably, again, there's been other defensive, uh, you know, tackles, defensive linemen that have been signed recently. And that price just continues to go up and up and up. There's, I believe Simmons with the Titans has just gotten a deal and boy, that ceiling continues to go. I'm hoping Joe Douglas gets that done soon because Quentin Williams has just been a guy that's been phenomenal here. But as you look at the Jets' defense, another need here clearly is linebacker. We know that Mosley has played phenomenally for us, but he's not going to be here forever. Just brought back Quincy Williams. We're trying to see what's going on with Quan Alexander. But there's a lot of questions there. When you look at the linebacker position in this upcoming draft, what is a guy that stands out to you that could possibly be there maybe in the second round, third round, that could come in and really make an impact for the New York Jets' defense that's a fit for Coach Sutler's uh, scheme? Well, you got to remember, they don't have a third-round pick. So uh, you're, you're looking at second round or you're looking at day yes. three. I mean, round, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I mean, Drew Sanders of Arkansas, possibly. I, I think a guy like Henry Totoa of uh, Alabama 
is more their type. But, but Toe is a third rounder. Sanders is a second rounder. May not be there. I do think that there'll be good uh, linebackers available to them on day three. Uh, their type of linebackers are Jeremy Banks of Tennessee, just a fast, explosive guy, six foot one half inch, two hundred thirty-two pounds, runs four five three. Uh, an Ivan Pace of uh, Cincinnati, shorter guy, a five ten and a half, but a tackling machine who goes sideline to sideline. You know, Mari Bernie of Florida, guy who can play outside or inside, six two, two hundred thirty pounds, runs and plays in the uh, in the mid four fours. So I, I don't think they have to expend a second round pick, you know, on a linebacker, even though they need one. You can get one of those guys later on, especially in this draft. What are your thoughts about Jack Campbell and Drew Sanders? A lot of people looking at those two guys and really thinking that they could be fits for the Jets. How do you feel about those guys possibly? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Jack Campbell. I would be surprised if he's available to them uh, in the second round. He's a three-down player. He's a tough player. He's got incredible instincts, uh, outstanding instincts. Makes as many plays with his head as he does uh, you know, his athleticism, and he's been productive for a while. I mean, I like Sanders. I don't love Sanders. Sanders, you know, from his time, first at Alabama, then Arkansas, was more of a in-the-box, up-the-field type of linebacker. Did have a good pro day, really, and showed well during coverage drills at the combine, and you can garner a little bit out of that. Uh, but again, you know, depending on, you know, what happens at center, who else is available at round two, uh, Sanders would be nice. Jack Campbell will be nicer, but I, I, I do think you can get away with getting a good linebacker on day three. Now, when we continue to talk about this Jets defense as well, I think a safety position is something that people are looking at. Whitehead, again, still here. I think he's a guy that can really put things together, and I think he'll have a very solid season this upcoming season. But also the New York Jets adding Clark, which was huge as well. This is a guy that's moved around you know, with the safety position too. What are your thoughts on those two players? And when you look at this situation, could the New York Jets possibly target a safety as well in later rounds of this upcoming draft? Yeah, I, I mean, Chuck Clark's a good player. Uh, he's a decent system fit. Uh, in my first mock draft, I had Brian Branch actually going to the New York Jets. And Brian Branch, wow. a lot of people project him to nickel corner. I think he's going to be an outstanding safety. He's smart. He's tough. He goes sideline to sideline. He fires upfield and sells out defending the run or screen plays. He shows ability over the uh, slot receiver. The problem for Brian Branch is he ran 4-5-8 at the combine. And as much as I like Brian Branch, even though he ran 4-5-8, he practiced a lot faster during position drills. And even though I like Brian Branch a whole lot, I just don't know that you draft a, a safety or any defensive back who ran 4-5-8 in the middle of round one. Uh, so, you know, what do you do later on? Uh, Jartavius Martin of Illinois, 5'11", 193 pounds, played slot corner, played safety, uh, some safety at uh, Illinois, although they had Sidney Brown there. He's projected as a third-round pick. He projects a safety. I think that's the kind of, you know, sideline-to-sideline side type of safety uh, that is really, you know, would be a good fit, although he's more of a third-round pick, and I'm kind of redundant because I just – scolded you for saying the Jets don't have a third rounder. I'm saying take this guy in the third round. Um, you know, later on, Chris Smith of Georgia, another guy who was a real good player on the college field, uh, you know, for that Georgia defense. In coverage against the run, he's a fourth-round uh, type of player. Uh, I think that would be a, uh, you know, solid fit. Jordan Howden, 
in the middle of day three. Uh, good size, very explosive, really improved in 2022. Like his game, like his upside, like his head, too. He's very smart. So, uh, you know, it kind of falls off after Brian Branch. I do like Sidney Brown, but, again, I don't know if the Jets take him a second round. Uh, after Brian Branch, it falls off significantly, and you're looking at more rotational guys than potential starters. And, again, we're speaking to Tony Pauline of the uh, pro NFL uh, he's an NFL draft analyst with Pro Football Network. Again, Twitter is at Tony Pauline. Phenomenal guy. Knows what he's talking about when it comes to the draft. So when you look at this situation, Tony, there's a lot of people talking about the Jets possibly trading down from 13. What are your thoughts about that? And if so, what is the furthest you think that they can end up moving down? Well, I, I mean, you've got to wait and see who's available to him at 13. If Paris Johnson is there, you're going to take Paris Johnson. If, if Roderick Jones is there, you're going to take Roderick Jones. If Peter Skronsky is there, you're going to have a conversation how Skronsky fits your, uh, your scheme. If none of them are there, you know, I, I think the Jets would be wise to look trading down because there's no safety there that's uh, – uh, like I just talked about with Brian Branch, defensive tackle, eh, Brise. Uh, at 13, you know, how far they trade down, it depends on the package. You know, I, I could see the Baltimore Ravens maybe wanting to move up for a cornerback. I could see the Minnesota Vikings. You talked about uh, Jackson Smith and the Jigba before. But Minnesota Vikings like him a lot. With the Vikings, you know, with uh, trade with the Jets, they've had success being trade partners in the past where it was the Jets trading up for uh, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker, uh, I believe, at that same 13 spot, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. You know the Ravens, uh, the, the Vikings also need a cornerback. Would they, you know, would they be willing to move up uh, ten spots and give away the draft capital to get one of the four outside corners? Same thing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, they need a corner, they need an, uh, an offensive lineman. You know, if they don't think Darnell Wright's going to be there, would they be willing to move up? I, I think, you know, when you look at the Jets, if they're going to trade down. They have. There should be no problem with them trading late into into the late part of round one, because there you can get one of the offensive centers. You're not going to lose out on any of the offensive tackles because if any of the offensive tackles are, are available to you, you're going to take them at 13. You're going to build up more draft capital, and those picks are either going to replace what you gave away for Aaron Rodgers, or give you more picks to use to acquire Aaron Rodgers. So. Short of Paris Johnson or Broderick Jones being available at 13, I think it would be a very wise move for the Jets to trade down if they're able to and if another team wants to trade up. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I'm looking at it as well. It's, again, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens on draft night. I, I, I would think, again, I, it's tough. I love Paris Johnson. I truly do. But if if he's not there – and I know that they've also – there's been a lot of talk about them and Broderick Jones as well. Um, there's a lot of talk about other tackles too. But I'm telling you, if, if the right offer comes in, I could see Joe Douglas moving down and possibly grabbing another guy again, like you said as well, to kind of recoup some picks or whatever they're going to end up giving up to get Aaron Rodgers. So I think that, that that is still something that's on the board for the Jets and could actually happen. So when you look at the situation – Right now, as we stand, Tony, I need a prediction from you. I'm going to put you on a hot seat. <laughs> you do? Who do you predict? Yeah. Who do you predict will be the New York Jets pick at number 13 right now? Who you got? 
Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Brian Brise of Clemson. I'm going to go with Brian Brise of Clemson because I think the tackles are going to be off the board. If Jalen Carter goes early mm. to Seattle, like I po- tweeted today, like I'm here, and I, I think uh, basically Chicago and Tennessee are in a position where they're going to take the offensive tackle off the board. Uh, and that kind of leaves the Jets, you know, in no man's land. Like I said, if Skronsky's there, they've got to decide, you know, is Skronsky – Good, a good fit for their system. Can he play right tackle? You know, you, you got Tomlinson there, who I think is replaceable, even though you signed him to a big free agent contract. Elijah Vera Tucker, if he stays healthy, looks like he's going to be a tremendous player at guard, maybe left tackle. But I'm just going to say, the way he stands now, I'm going to say Brian Brise of Clemson fits the need at defensive tackle. He's an athletic player. And, you know, I think with that tandem of Brise and Quinton Williams, in the middle of the line, I mean, that, that's just, just, that just could add more dominance uh, to the uh, Jets' defense. Wow. You got to take him taking a defensive tackle. That's, that's interesting. That's interesting. Well, no, well, well, hang on a second. Well, remember what I said. Huh? I, I mean, if any of the offensive tackles are there, obviously you're going to go with mm-hmm. the offensive tackles. I just don't know that the yeah. offensive tackles are going to be there. No, yeah, I, I, there's there's some scenarios that they could be gone. You you got a point there, Tony. It's, it's interesting. Again, we'll see. That's a solid prediction. Now, before I let you go, Tony, this has been phenomenal to speak with you. I know that you're a lifelong Led Zeppelin fan. All right, I know this. Okay, all right, I know this. I know a lot of people don't know, but I know this. Okay, give me your top three favorite albums from Led Zeppelin. Oh, that's easy. That's easy. Uh, hands down, number one is Physical Graffiti. Physical Graffiti, in my okay. opinion, is the greatest album of all time, not just the greatest Led Zeppelin album. Uh, my second favorite album is actually Led Zeppelin Three, which uh, you know a lot of diehard Zeppelin fans uh, you know would agree with that. And my third album would be Presence with the amazing Achilles' Last Stand on it. And people you know say, well, you have Presence over Zeppelin Four. But but most diehard, dyed-in-the-wool Zeppelin fans like myself, where Zeppelin is part of our DNA, you know, understand the Presence album with Achilles' Last Stand and Nobody's Fault But Mine and uh, T for One. And, and you know, it was really their last really good rock album uh, before things really went downhill. So Physical Graffiti, Led Zeppelin three, and then Presence. Right, listen, that's Tony. Tony Sarker about that Zeppelin. I'm telling you, I know you love that band. So before I let you go, Tony, can you give my audience just every single way that they can contact you and everything that you do over there with the Pro Football Network and all the things you folks do? Are, you folks are phenomenal. Just let them know everything, every way that they can get in contact with you. Uh, I mean, get in contact with me? You mean call me? <laughs> I mean, the best way to find is just follow me on Twitter, at Tony Pauline. You'll find out where I'm at, whether uh, I'm on the Long Beach Joe Show, or uh, I guess I get a, two serious radio interviews tomorrow, and uh, we actually are doing uh, a live stream of round one next week, and on Wednesday night we're doing a preview show with myself and Adam Kaplan at Pro Football Network, which should be a lot of fun because we'll both have a lot of inside information. Maybe we'll have some Jets news. I do have some Jets news, which I'm going to kind of hold back until then, although it, it's more uh, day two news than it is round, round one news. Uh, and, okay. and another thing about the Pro Football Network is we, I put up, uh, or I didn't put up, I created and they put up 800 scouting reports uh, on the players. So, 
you know, everyone talks about the first round and the second round, as we did here, but, you know, there, there'll be plenty of guys that the Jets draft on the third day, and there'll be even more guys that they sign as priority free agents, and you'll be able to get all the scouting reports on those players at Pro Football Network. Listen, Tony, it was phenomenal to speak with you. I want to thank you for calling in. You have yourself a good night, my friend. You as well. Thanks for having me again. We'll speak with you next year. Absolutely. You have a good one. Listen, Tony Pauline, okay, NFL draft analyst, Pro Football Network, he gave us some takes. I'm not going to lie. A lot of stuff spit by Tony. A lot of stuff there spit by Tony. Let me tell you something. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that have discussed a lot of things that's going on with the New York Jets again. A lot of talk about Jalen Carter sliding down. That's going to be interesting. The possible trade, trade down by the Jets, that could happen. As Tony spoke about as well, the tackles could be gone. That is a scenario that could happen. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Brian Brees, you going to the Jets if the tackles are gone. I would think that, hey, if they're there, you got to grab them. But if they are gone, and there's scenarios that they could be gone, it's going to be very interesting to see what the New York Jets do. So we're going to get to the callers in a second. I'm going to come to you all again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. I'm taking all callers. Hold on a second. We just got a little bit to speak about here. Listen, the New York Jets, all right, have been making some moves. There have been some things happening. Bryce Huff signed his restricted free agent gender. That's $4.3 million. So he is back with the Jets. It's official, baby. That's good to see, right? He helped the New York Jets defensive line. Pass rush last year really got things going. He was a guy that, I'm telling you, was coming in on third downs and just absolutely wreaking havoc. Did a lot of great things for us last year. So it's great to see him get back as well. The Jets have also re-signed Cedric. Odubushi as well, he's here. He's an offensive lineman that started five games for us last season. All right? He's a good depth guy. And, again, the New York Jets, you know, we saw a lot of issues going back and forth, a lot of guys going down, a lot of things happening, and he was able to fill in some spots. So here we got some depth here. We got some help for the Jets' offensive line, and that's good to go. Keep in mind, Quentin Williams did skip the start of the offseason program. Still no deal, still no extension. We're going to be talking about that tonight as well. Are you concerned? The days continue on. Still no deal done. And also, Calais Campbell came out recently, and he spoke with <laughs> Josina Anderson. All right? He spoke with her. People I remember were bashing the New York Jets about not being able to get Calais Campbell, saying that the Jets, oh, they're not a destination yet. Things aren't done. And, you know, they're still not looked at differently. There's players that we missed out on, like Calais Campbell. A lot of people brought that name up. And he talked about how, Aaron Rodgers had texted him in recruit of him, talking about how, you know, he just literally told him that Aaron Rodgers texted and said, yo, man, let's win some championships together. Let's go. You know, <laughs> you got Aaron Rodgers. He also talked about how the Jets made a great offer that was pretty much comparable to the Falcons, but he chose the Falcons because he feels like he wants to play true DN. So the scheme thing, you know, he said, hey, like the Jets, they're going to be competitors, but I feel like this is what I want to do and this is where I want to go. The Jets laid it all online. So for those that are bashing the New York Jets for not grabbing him, for missing out on Campbell, you can't blame them. They put their best foot forward. They put the best effort forward, right? They handled business the way they should have. He even had Aaron Rodgers hitting them up saying, hey, 
I'm ready to go. I'm going to be there. Let's come win these championships. And he chose to go elsewhere. You can't bash the Jets for that. So I wanted to put that out there as well. And we're going to be talking about the New York Jets wide receiver position too. All right. There's a lot of things going on with the Jets wide receiver position. Corey Davis still here. Are you shocked? We're going to be discussing that tonight. Listen, 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is number. All callers. Again, when you call in, please make sure your phone is good to go. Okay. I want to hear nothing crazy, no crazy background. Also from my new callers as well, please make sure you don't curse. There's no cursing on my show. It's a family-friendly show, okay? No cursing, or I'll get you out of here fast. I'm talking fast. Fast when we got Adam J. Get that guy out of here, man. Sheesh. So glad he's gone. We're going to get to these lines again, 515-602-9639, 515 515- 602 is number. Call in. Please give the stream a thumbs up. Also, subscribe if you haven't subscribed. Hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in the know. Yeah. Also, get involved. Super Chats there if you like to get to the platform. Cash App is at the bottom of the screen. So we're going to get to these lines again. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is number. Call in. First caller I'm going to is my guy, Rusty. I'm coming to Rusty, man. I need to talk to Rusty. Salutes to you, Rusty. First off, before anything goes on here, I got to let y'all know, Rusty, that boy's a savage. (laughs) Salutes, Rusty. Listen, man, we got a lot of things moving and shaking. Just had a great talk with Tony Pauline about the NFL draft. A lot of things going on here, man. Now, I want to ask you, okay, this. When you look at this situation, right, with the New York Jets, there's a lot of talk about Jalen Carter possibly sliding down. If he does slide down and he's there at 13, could you see the New York Jets grabbing him? Salute, fam. Salute, fellow savages. Salute. Let's go, Jets. And um, as far as what you just asked me with Jalen Carter, that's the – I think and how, like, I don't know, I – I sort of wish, I guess, in that way. Can you hear me? Is my reception all right? I just want to make sure. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I wasn't in up. All right, cool. I, I got a little pocket, so <laughs> I just want to make sure it was all good. Uh, Jalen Carter, for me, I think is compared to other drafts that I've seen, you know, since 89 and then some. You know, I wish I could remember the other ones. I was still gangrene, but I was just a little guy. It was a tyke. But uh, I, I think, honestly, I think he's the only true number one dude you get. Well, I'm lying. Him and uh, Jackson Smith, my dude from mm. my Ohio State. Th- those, I think, are the only two legit firsts. And now I don't think that we would go for a wide receiver, but if Jalen Carter is there, that's like SAP 2.0. I don't, I don't think you could pass that up. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, now I understand what happened, and it's sad, but, I mean, if the guy's sincere and it wasn't, you know, like how every, like, media puts it out to be, like, that he is sincere and that some is saying that it isn't, mm-hmm. I, dude, I, honestly, I, I think we pull that trigger, man. I, I think wow. that okay. we go for him. I, I I do. I think he's him, 
and Jackson Smith are the only two that are, you know, first round, like real, when you look at them play, you're like, huh, you know, you do that, like, yeah, those those two dudes, and Jackson is just nasty, but yeah. definitely so, to Jalen. Here's here's my thing, Rusty, and, and I hear I, I hear what I hear what everybody's saying, right? But we talk about the racing incident, and we know that there were two lives that were lost. You know, sad to hear about that yeah. as well. That but there's also questions. Yeah, that that it absolutely is. But there's also Respect. questions about him playing hard, right? A lot of people question if he plays hard in every snap. He showed up really heavy to his pro day, didn't finish the drills. How much of that does how much of that does that play into this selection? Because when you look at the situation, okay, you got the off the wow. field situation. Then you got yeah, the question yeah. about the playing. Then you got the question about the pro day. He's not finishing his drills. He's heavy already. It's like, yep. don't you start to see this start to unravel? Yep. And we're in that point. Do you go, you know what? Maybe this is not the right guy. Let me take a better guy. Because we've seen a lot of these situations where there's things that happen and then it eventually, you know, spirals out of control. It shows that a player is kind of falling apart, and it takes them off the field because they'll make a bad decision. How much of that plays into that? The situation with character, you know, you start to question. What are your thoughts about that? Joe, honest, hand to God, you just flipped my brain a complete 180 because as soon as, you know, you started stating the facts that happened, you know, with his, whatever with his weight, but that is a key issue. Yeah. Then with, yep. like, how his personality is, he – didn't even want to see us during – I forgot about mm. this. I can't believe – you know, yeah, yeah. talking about brain he shark. Take, he's not like, taking nobody outside the top team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so after saying that, my dude, I think I think the only one is, honestly, Jackson Smith, unless we can trade back. Like, that's my ultimate hope, is that we can trade mm-hmm. back, you know, Maybe possibly if we're lucky, get to twenty eight thirty one. I'm cool with getting in Ooh. to the you know the second round again, completely trading out. But I would want wow. minimum okay. like three trades. You know what I mean? From thirteen okay. and up. You know, just keep on laddering it. But the okay. only well, other let, guy. Let, hold on, hold on. Or, yep. Because uh, I want to say there, it's very interesting that you said that. Okay, you 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 talked about the Jets trading down, and this is something I've spoken about with a lot of Jets fans. They're talking about how, hey, mm-hmm. I want to see us trade down. Now, I'm going to start off with this. We're talking about this trade-down scenario. Are you trading down if there's tackles there, or are you trading down because, in your mind, you believe that there won't be any tackles there at 13 for the Jets to grab? Well, no. I, I can, like, respect to everybody. So even if, but, again, even if like, I'm just there, saying, this first round, these tackles, yeah, well, how they have them huh? graded, I don't see it. Unless – like if you're talking to like Dewan Jones, and now you know I'm a Buckeye, but I'm I'm not mm-hmm. homering at all. But mm-hmm. just, um, well, I should say two of them, Paris. Yeah, but like, <laughs> okay. I don't. But uh, you know what? I I'd let him go honestly because what what? Wait, yeah. Hold on. Well, me, I have to just because of what if you can Paris get. Jones, hold on, hold on, Rusty. If Paris Jones is there at 13, you're still trading down. Yeah. For what I can get, wow. if the price is right, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I am. Because Go ahead. Talk, just to, us. Talk on, to us. I want to hear it. My bad. Uh, all right. Yeah, no, just go ahead. because go ahead. there are, like, for instance, my, fav- my, my, my favorite lineman in the draft 
this this year's draft and you know for the past two years the one has well three technically been uh mm-hmm. Jared Patterson and uh Jared Patterson and your dude, Voorhees. Love that kid. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. he's nasty. Unfortunate what happened with his knee, so hopefully we can get yeah. him later on. Then you have you know they're God for JD, like they they're in t- there's some other good guys that like we have the mold. You know what I mean? Like we can get him into that to where, you know, it would really be like dude, I love Par- like Paris is the man. Don't get me wrong. But the amount of other things that we can fill in other crucial holes and then take care of center, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You have to keep top right, the the typewriter going, you know, go and then pull it back to where, yeah. you know, left tackle, left Listen. guard or right guard, you know, just keep it going. You can't go back to go forward. You know, if that makes any yeah. sense. No, but, listen, and, and, Rusty, I hear you. Because you have next year, okay? which is amazing. Yeah, listen, I hear you. And I understand, you know, I can see where you're coming from. But if Paris Johnson is there at 13 and Joe Douglas don't draft him, oh, boy. I'll oh, be Lord high. Jesus, it's a fire. Dude, I'm telling you. It'll kill me, but I, I'll, I'll understand. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to lose it. The price better be right, though. You know, like no. it better be no. right. That that's Mm-mm. that's but and it better Listen, be an I NFC understand. team. No, I look. I understand the prices, and you want to get more picks and more capital for future. But when you got a guy like that, who to me is you you put him in, he's a plug and play. Time to go left tackle. It's it's gushing. Like there's no big deal with this guy. You bring him on. You have him play. It's said and done. There is no way you pass up on that with the New York Jets, especially when you look at the issues that we've had up front. You know, I, hey, like I, I can, said, I love Mekhi Becton. I think he's phenomenal. But you got to get somebody else, you know, that can be on that other side. Because maybe maybe Mekhi, maybe they put Mekhi back at left tackle. As of right now, we all, you know, have, have seen and talked about Mekhi being a right tackle. But you have to hey, get that's some our young guy, Mekhi. out there. At I, 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 I steal on that left tackle. That's our guy, Mekhi. Mm-hmm. You know, me and you are the, like, you know, the few that been like, yeah, okay, we'll see. You know? Yeah. It's just that us. It's just us, dog. It's just us right now. I'm telling you, Russ. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's been rough, bro. Yeah, it's been <laughs> rough. Now, when you look but, at this situation, right, we're talking about the line, and we're talking about trading down. You said you would move even if it was Paris Johnson. But you also talked about this center position, man. There's a gigantic yeah. hole there. Is there a center you want to see us targeting? If so, who is it? Mine? Yo, my, mine is Patterson. Mm. Just because, and I hate Notre Dame, number one. But, like, mm. that he's, dude, he's never allowed a sack in his whole collegiate career. And he's a fifth-year senior. And he started as a freshman. This past year, because Notre Dame is just terrible, and but whatever. But, like, they're just terrible, so they were depleted. He moved from center to left guard. So now, you know, so and he's able to bounce around, too. He was at right guard. He was at left tackle before. But his two years, too, where he was at center, dude, he was dominant. Dominant. And, you know, of course, he's had those pancakes before where he got clipped on the side and then knocked over by a uh, linebacker. It's going to happen, you know. But – his, yeah. And he's smart, too, dude. That's what, you know, like, I love violent, and he's a chaos dude. Like, he's 
violently smart to where he's going to run down the field. He's a dog, and he's going to look to stomp a hole in you. And yeah, I, like he's like ridiculously. I don't know. He's he adapts well. You know, like he he did left tackle for one year, right guard for one year, center for two, and then left guard. And he didn't allow a sack at any position, not one. They're not snapple facts. This is the truth, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so like. I mean, that man. And then Ricky Stromberg, I love him as center. That that dude's a. But, I don't know, man. Everyone, you know, and then I know the Jets, quote unquote, are in love with uh, the Minnesota cat. What's his name? Schmidt. Mm-hmm. John right? Michael Smith. So, I am too. Yes, sir. I, like I'm, um, I'm not denying it. Also, but if we're in love with it and we know it, what other teams do too? So who knows if it's, you know, take the bait? Because I think honestly, I think what we're really going to go for is going to shock people is tight end. I, I think it's going to be the other kid from Georgia, Why? Darnell. What? It's the big. Why are yo, we drafting more tight end class? We got like, we got a bunch of them. Bunch of them. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, Jeremy Murphy was deactivated half the season. Yeah, so he's going to he go up like... next year, but we we can't guarantee that Uzama's going to be here. You know, after this year, and same thing with Conklin. Like Conklin had those drops, man. He did, like for better or for worse. Yeah, but, they... but no, listen, Russ, I'm I just saying you, but those, we can grab one utilized. They weren't even utilized effectively in the offense at all last season. He, we talked about it constantly. Yeah, Michael we had, was not. We had Freud, yeah. bro. But, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Listen, it, it was mind-boggling. Before I let you go, Rusty, it is. there's a lot of things moving and shaking right now. What are your thoughts it's about true. the situation with Corey Davis? It's looking like he's still going to be on the roster for this upcoming season. A lot of people are shocked. Everybody thought that uh. he would be gone. A lot of reports moving and shaking about him probably being gone, you know, coming into this offseason, but he's still here, has not been cut, has not been traded. What are your thoughts? Do you think he's actually going to be on the roster this upcoming season for the New York Jets out there at wide receiver? Dude, he was in the same boat as Moore, except he's not like, you know, Moore reminds me of Jamal, that type. Like, I I just don't like Corey because he's got brick hands. And when he jumps, it's like an inch. It's crazy. Look at mm-hmm. how high he went, like he goes for jump balls. His cleats don't mm-hmm. like go like more than an inch high. It's the weirdest thing. And he's lanky. So it doesn't make sense. But uh, yeah. I mean, Corey Brickhand Davis, how I feel, I think, oh, and it still sucks to say, like, I, I think they, I was hoping that in the trade with Rogers, that he would be part of it, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't think, I think it might be Mims and it, it kills me to say it. But I think it might be yeah. that way, and yeah. oh, I dude, I like Mims goes. <laughs> it is what it is, you know. Like, uh, but dude, Mims, I love dude. Mims is awesome to me. I don't care what people have to say and stuff. Like, I've I've seen mm-hmm. what he does in college, then saw what he did in crunch time. He's only had like four drops in his whole career. And three of them came like last year. Then they sit the dude. Like it makes no sense. But yet. Corey mm-hmm. Davis is allowed to drop him back-to-back. Same with Ty. Ty Johnson literally three drives in a row, dropped three passes on third down that would have got us a first where he was just a cloud that couldn't ta- – like, he was just oh. – mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. More fraud. But, and I know, you know again, we, yeah, we're, just, we're talking about Denzel Mims. There's a lot of things <laughs> moving and shaking about him, about this offensive staff and them not getting along. But he was a guy that requested a trade as well. We'll, we'll see what happens. He did it in a different you, way, Davis but you're right. Here. Yeah. Yep. We'll see what happens. That's but true. listen, Rusty, I want to thank you for calling in tonight. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you. All right. You got some interesting takes, man. You got some interesting takes. Absolutely. Hey, All right, you have appreciate- a good one. Absolutely. We're going to keep on moving. 515-602-9639. 515-602-9639 is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Rusty called in with some takes. I respect it. He called in with some takes. All right. People talking about moving down. Some people want to, you know, grab other players as well. It's going to be very interesting. Next, we're going to go to my guy, Ted. Ted, we're coming directly to you. Salutes to you, Ted. For those of you that do not know, that man, Ted, He's a savage. Ted is a savage. Salutes to you, Ted. Listen, man, we've got a lot of things moving and shaking. There's people that want to trade down, even if there's tackles there, even if Paris Johnson is there. What are your thoughts on the idea of the Jets trading down, Ted? Is there a scenario where you could see the Jets moving down? And if so, what's the furthest you'd like to see them go down? Hey, Joe, good evening. Um, my connection okay? Yeah, it's good. It's good. My good? All right, awesome. Uh, first of all, I didn't mean to call out Mr. Pauline, but uh, I'm the person who posted when he commented on the Jonathan, on the, that, that offensive, tall offensive linemen don't work out a lot. There are exceptions, yeah. and I'm Stenogden is, uh-huh. is a beast. He's a monster. And I, mm-hmm. I looked him up. And it said six nine, and I went with it. And then he mm-hmm. said, "Oh no, it's not six nine. And I went to another, another web page, NFL.com. He said he was six nine also. So did his foundation. So anyway, he's a, he's well, a good guest, Joe. I didn't mean to. I didn't yeah. mean to. Uh, listen, to- but but he kind of challenged Every, me there. Listen, so uh, I, look, yeah. I, I hear you. Tony Pauline is phenomenal. Great draft yep. analyst. Again, I told him y'all the oh, savages. Yeah. You know they are. No one's safe, you know, no one's safe, but we're here to talk Jets, yep. talk football, okay? And yes, listen, yes, there's a lot to discuss. When we're talking about trading down in this draft, a lot, yep. you just heard Rusty. He said he doesn't care if oh, Paris yeah. Johnson is there. He's willing to move down. What are your oh, thoughts, God. man? Are you a guy that wants to see the Jets move down, or are you a guy that's looking at it kind of like me saying, hey, if there's a tackle there, especially if it's Paris Johnson, you don't move. Yep. What are your thoughts? Oh, Joe, yeah, we – Rusty Light is locking down on a couple of players, but the, you have to have like five or six players in different areas in your draft and just kind of see what their value is, what you perceive their value is. And then if that guy is available at 13, which I don't think he will be, the question mm-hmm. is which second tier, well, I don't want to say second tier, do you, is it the kid from Georgia or the, yeah. the kid from Tennessee? And then mm-hmm. – you know, I I think you could maybe slide down to around twenty, and who's who's to say there's not another tackle that you love? You know, yeah. somebody who can play multiple positions. You know that that to me may be more important than and and I'm not saying char- high character guy, but I'm not saying any of these guys mm-hmm. aren't high character per, uh, players, but maybe you can find a gem you know, late in the first round and you just put him in there. It doesn't have to be one of these three that they're mentioning. 
and then you can pick mm-hmm. up additional pick, depending on how you yeah. rate him, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, you know, I, man, I look at it like this. I'm telling you, if Paris Johnson is there, boy, oh, boy, you better make the pick. Yeah. All right. I even yep. I know that there's a and I know Tony Pauline spoke about it as well. There's some people that don't necessarily love Skaronsky, feel like he's more of a guard in this league, but I've also mm-hmm. talked to some analysts as well that think he would be a solid right tackle. Uh Broderick Jones is a guy as well that a lot of people talk about too. Um Darnell Wright has been discussed as well as a guy that can, you know, play some tackle here as as well. So it's gonna be very interesting, man. But I don't know. If there's a tackle there, I, I think even if Skaronsky's there, if Paris Johnson is there, um, mm-hmm. You know, if Broderick Jones is there, I, I'd have a tough time passing on them to trade down. Mm-hmm. I really, mm-hmm. really do. And and I and you know, again, I respect everybody. I respect all Jets fans, and I get it. But I have seen quarterbacks mm-hmm. be chased to the gills. <laughs> and we've seen it. We've seen it being chased. We saw we saw Sam Darnold get chased for years. We watched Zach Wilson run for his life. We've you know we watched these guys just take off because they cannot stop the pressure coming left and right and I do not want to see Aaron Rodgers or whoever is going to come after Aaron Rodgers have to deal with that situation I want to fortify the offensive line finally and I really really want us to put our best foot forward and grab some young blood in this draft so if if I'm telling you if he's there if a tackle's there just take him I don't want to I don't want to see us move down now if they're not there okay I think you start to kind of play with the situation a little bit more and things open up but if there's a guy yep. that could be a blocker, you absolutely take him. And this this leads me to my next question for you, Ted, because mm-hmm. there's been a lot of hate with Makai Becton. And as everybody knows, I am a Makai Becton supporter, okay? It's been rough. Mm-hmm. I ain't going to lie to you. It's been very tough. People have gotten after mm-hmm. me. People have tried to rip my head off, all right? But I still am in support of Makai Becton, and I think he'll be solid. What are your thoughts about him going forward, and what are your thoughts about all the things that we're seeing from the workouts and just him seeming like he's in a better space. Yeah. Maybe he's got to mature a little. And these guys are professional athletes. I mean, that, you look at James, you ever seen he played for a year or two, and you should have seen his, his workout videos just to get into football shape. He's a beast, Trent Williams, mm-hmm. at, at his age. These guys got to be at the top of their game in order to be a top-level player at any position, Joe. Any position, especially mm-hmm. especially at at a left tackle position. I mean, these guys are mm-hmm. coming at them or beats. I mean, forget it. Usually, the blind side of the quarterback too. So that's one of the most critical positions that you're going to have on your team. So not only to mention also that you know his career is on the line here. He's got to, in order for him mm-hmm. to make a, a living in the NFL, he's going to have to put up or shut up here because mm-hmm. he doesn't have much more time or he's going to be on the one-year deal options for a while until he can prove himself. So yeah. I have faith yeah. in Makai Joe. I have faith in Makai Joe. I do. He's had some bad luck, yeah. but maybe he can come out of it. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. And, again, that, that fifth-year option, I know a lot of people talking about it, May 2nd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got to make a decision. We're going to see. You know, the draft is coming, but that's right around the corner where they're going to have to make a decision mm. on Makai Beckton coming up soon to see if he's going to be here through 2024. And again, I believe that guarantees 13.5 million. So we'll see what happens. Mm. You know, sliding forward with him, and that's going to be a big part of the New York Jets situation. 
Now, as we continue to talk about this line, man, is there a center that you want to see the Jets target in the draft as well? We all know that there's a gigantic hole there. I want to answer that, but I want to, if I can have the opportunity to ask you a draft question, a a real basic question after. But I like Ben Jones. I I like a veteran presence if you're going to get Rodgers. And then we can Mm -hmm. work around that. But my question Mm -hmm. to you is, in the third and fourth, fifth round, say we get a third rounder back or fourth rounder, would you draft a quarterback? Uh, no. Okay, you would. I would. You wouldn't try it. I know a lot of I developmental think, I think Hooker. Yeah, Herndon Hooker. I think is what people are talking about. I think that's that's. Oh. I think that was the quarterback that some people were talking about. But there was a there was a a lot of people were talking about taking a quarterback in this upcoming draft, and I would hmm. say no. And here's why. Um, we already have mm-hmm. a, de- a developmental guy, excuse me, in Zach Wilson. I'm assuming that if Aaron Rodgers comes here, he's going to play at least two years. That's what I'm assuming, mm-hmm. right? I don't mm-hmm. think the Jets would give up like a first-round pick, and we've talked about that. Even Tony Pauline talked about it. I think that it's either going to get done on draft night that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet, or it's going get, to get done after the draft. And if it gets done after the draft, then, you know, we know that it, it, the, the price is, is going to be, you know, something, right? So yep. I'm thinking that. Aaron Rodgers comes here for two years. Zach Wilson sits behind him. You also got the other quarterback that they just brought in as well, Green Bay, which is going to help Zach Wilson. I think that they Mm -hmm. are setting up a situation, and this is just me talking to y'all right now. I think we're setting up Mm -hmm. a situation where in two years after Aaron Rodgers possibly, probably says, okay, look, I came here. We've done whatever we've done. Had a great time. I'm gone. I'm out of football. I think they're going to try to give Zach one more chance. If Zach has shown them something in practice, if he's shown, you know, Hackett, hey, I can be the guy that can move forward with you. I can be the guy that can, can hold, the, hold the fort here at quarterback. They're going to give Zach Wilson mm-hmm. another chance. I personally believe that. If he's shown them that he has grown with Aaron Rodgers and uh, Tim, Boyle, uh, Tim Boyle as well here as a quarterback, if he's gotten better. Now, if he has not shown mm-hmm. them anything at all, if he is horrific, that's when I think they'll move on from him, truly. Because I think when they, when they look back, and, and I want to get your feedback on this as well, but mm. Mike LaFleur, I'm telling you, when Michael LaFleur started coming yeah. out and saying things like, he should have sat down, we should have had a veteran, you know, sit him down for a bit behind a veteran, he should have had time, them coming out saying hella high water, just, just that kind of stuff, right? It's just like, I don't know. You know, I feel like they're going to try to give him one more chance to truly figure it out before he's gone. And when he's gone, again, two years from now, I think we'll have the capital to move on from him. But the table will still be set. We'll still have a lot of the young foundational players, right? Garrett Wilson, uh, ATV, all these guys that we love, Sauce Garner, they're still going to be here. We're still going to have the, the table set for a young quarterback to be able to take over. But that's when I think they'll grab a quarterback from this upcoming draft. Give me your thoughts on that, man. It seems that way, Joe. But – if it doesn't work, I think you're going to have to have somebody in the pipeline. So yeah. if you do truly like a player, and I mentioned the Purdue quarterback, I don't remember his name, but mm-hmm. he showed a lot of flashes in some playing against – Purdue plays, a, I mean, they have a tough schedule, but that kid can mm-hmm. throw. And he's not huge, but he's a good thrower of the ball. Mm-hmm. I'd be – Interested in looking at him in the fourth round, maybe? Mm-hmm. I, I, Joe, I just – I don't have a lot of faith in, in Zach Wilson, right? I mean, who should no, – who I, would I right now? But 
But yeah, I get you, though, Joe. That's, that's You're going to give him every chance. No. He is the second pick in the draft. I get it. Yeah, I yeah, get listen, it. you got to give him every I, chance. I, but maybe, Joe, maybe he needs somebody clipping his heels to, to get him more motivated. Maybe he needs somebody behind him to, uh, you know, a little flame under him trying to, trying to singe him a little and say, hey, man, mm-hmm. <laughs> you better step it up. I'm taking your job. Zach Wills, yeah. oh, Joe, you mentioned um, – wait, you mentioned um, Mike LaFleur. My question is mm-hmm. – Who's the person that anointed Zach the starter? That was the big mistake. Without any uh, competition, man. Yeah, I look. That was you such take a that mistake. guy where we. Yeah, I, I, but at yeah. the end of the day, you take him where we took him in the draft. I mean, come on, he was a starter from day one, what? right? Remember, everybody, everybody's saying that that was a mistake now, but I remember Sam was going out the door, and people could not wait to get rid of him. I remember this mm-hmm. like, and we were doing shows. <laughs> we were doing remember, shows, baby. I, I remember. Go back, okay. And well, I we went remember. to USC. Does anybody you know. remember? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Joe, his pro day was amazing, was, Joe. It was. His pro day but was everybody amazing. remembers. I said, yeah. listen, hold on a second. Let's not kick Sam out the door. Let's try mm-hmm. to build. And everybody, no, get him out of here now. Get him out of here. I said, okay, cool. Mm. Y'all want him to go? All right, fine. Every The table was set, all right? They they took Zach Wilson high. There was no way he wasn't going to start. There was no way out the gate. That's even true. they even That's said true. if we had if we did not have as high of a draft pick as we have, they they said it publicly. We would not even be talking about taking a quarterback in this draft. I believe Joe Douglas came out and said mm-hmm. that publicly. That, mm-hmm. So it was it was said and done from the jump, right? But you know hindsight is is fifty fifty, and now we're sitting here mm-hmm. waiting for Aaron Rodgers to become a Jet. Now before I let you go, Ted, because we've been talking quite a bit, man. I want to get your thoughts mm-hmm. on this New York Jets wide receiver position. All right, you got a lot of things swirling. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people saying that Denzel Mims. A lot of reports, again, our rumors, excuse me, are swirling because I haven't really seen anyone, you know, like a, a, a analyst say this yet. A lot of people talking about there could be some strife within the organization between Denzel Mims and the new offensive coaching staff. There's also questions mm-hmm. about Corey Davis and why he's still on the roster. Right, a lot of people thought mm-hmm. he was going to be gone. Injuries, dropping footballs. Thought he was going to be He's still here. Yeah, false start. <laughs> Alan Zard brought in. It's like, what's going? On? What do you What do you make of this wide receiver position right now? What are your thoughts on the things, on the rumors surrounding Denzel Mims, and are you surprised about Corey mm-hmm. Davis still being here? Hey Joe, real quick about Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. He went to a loaded team and a, a tremendous coach, Kyle Shanahan. I think yeah. he's going to he's going to ball there finally. Anyway. Um, yeah. Ugh, the Mims and the Corey Davises, huh? I, Mims, I, I don't know, Joe. When he got the ball a few times, you could see, you could see the flashes. But is he not getting open? I mean, Garrett is a much better player, but why is Mims not getting the ball as much as Garrett? I know Garrett. Maybe Zach Wilson locked down on Garrett a lot, but mm-hmm. Mims doesn't make a lot of plays. He just doesn't. And Corey's got his little issues too with, uh, you know, holdings and dropping balls and false false starting on freaking offensive plays. I'm just, yeah. I don't know, Joe. Maybe it's time for I love I love Jalen Hyatt. He went to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that 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 team that they had a good team until the bottom fell out. Um, mm-hmm. a little bit because they lost their quarterback. Hooker got hurt. He's a heck of a player, Joe. I think we can maybe get him in the late first round. Maybe we can get up into the late 20s 
and and get him. That's the kind of guy mm-hmm. that we we could add to our young roster. And and but I don't think Mims is even developable. They tried. Wow. They they tried. Wow. Honestly, they tried. I don't know how many years are you going to give him? He seems like a Patriot kind of guy. You know what I mean? As soon as mm. we cut him, the Patriots pick him up just to be, you know, yeah, who it, they are. You know what I mean? It, it's it's so yeah, and I hear you. It's so interesting because, mm. man, Denzel Mims that first year was there were so many flashes, so many flashes. Yeah. And then after that, you know, there was just a lot of question marks. A lot of, and that was under Adam Gaze. And there was just a lot of mm. question marks out there. The Michael Flores system, it seems like they couldn't reach him. He didn't know all the spots where he was supposed to be, didn't know the playbook. And now, again, there's rumors swirling that there's issues between him and the new offensive coaching staff. We all know that he's requested a trade, all right? Uh, he did that mm. publicly last season. So we'll see. Maybe he's a guy that can get moved on draft day as well. But, man, it's so interesting because he has all the physical gifts. He has it all. Yeah. He's a guy that yeah. I mean, unbelievably athletic. He can run. He can he can jump. His yeah. catching rating is huge. I, yeah. I don't I don't know. I, I don't know why it's not working. But whatever it is, it's not working. It's not yeah. working. Yeah. And we can't only stay with those players for so long. Yeah. Right, and, and we were hoping that Hacker would be the new scheme fit, but according to again to rumors mm. that are swirling, because I haven't seen it from like any super concrete analyst that I trust. Right. As, as mm-hmm. concrete as you can mm-hmm. get. But we're hearing already that things aren't going well with the new offensive staff, but we'll see, man, because it's very interesting. But Corey Davis still being here is a shocker to me, Ted. It's a mm. shocker to me. I, mm. I thought for sure he, he might gone. be gone draft again, night, Joe. He might be gone draft night. Yeah, he could yep. be. Listen, Ted, I, I want to thank you, you for calling in. You too, Joe. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you again. Yep. Hey, Joe, you, you having have a draft show Thursday? Joe, you having a draft uh, show Thursday look. night? I, I got to work on some things. We'll see. Oh, gotcha. My schedule's wild. I, but if, if okay, I gotcha. can, believe me, y'all will know. I'll announce it. But right. I'm still trying to work on it, all right? Thank you. Okay. Thank go, you go, to, go, to, go to Friday night if you have to. Go to day two. We can do second oh. round. We've got okay. a couple of second rounders in yeah. there. You have to. Yeah, for sure. All right, Joe. Pleasure. For sure. That's pleasure, what Joe. I do. Thank you so much, Ted. You have a good one. Listen, Ted calling in. I respect everybody's takes. Again, 515-602-9639. We are taking callers. We're talking draft. We're talking current things going on. Salutes to all the savages in the chat. Jake, we're coming to you in a second. Listen, Dark Soldier says, what's ironic is Packer fans wanted Mims when they traded up and drafted Love. Mm. Yeah. Salutes to Dark Soldier in the chat. Sean Bennett as well salutes to you. He says, I heard he doesn't take negative criticism well. I believe he's talking about Denzel Mims. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens going forward. All right. Boy, oh, boy. Corey Davis still being here is a shocker to me. Believe me. Oh, we'll see what happens. Again, 515-602-9639. is the number. Call in. We're taking all callers. Next, I'm going to my guy, Jake. Jake, I'm coming directly to you. Coming directly to Jake. Salute to you, Jake. I want to thank you for calling in. For those of you that do not know, Jake is a savage. Let me tell you something. If you want somebody that is going to let you know how they truly feel about a situation, Jake is going to be the guy, okay? <laughs> Jake is going to be the guy. Salute to you, Jake. I want to thank you for calling in. Listen, Jake, we're having discussions about the draft. 
We're talking about the possibility of the New York Jets trading down. We've had callers tonight that have talked about even if a guy like Paris Johnson is there, still willing to see the New York Jets trade down. Could you see a scenario where the Jets trade down? Is it, in my mind, I'm thinking if the top tackles, your top tackles are gone, your Broderick Jones, your Skaronskis, your, your, uh, your Paris Johnsons, right? If they're gone off the board, you're definitely probably looking more at an option of trading down. But what are your thoughts on the situation, man? What would it take for you, if you were the Jets general manager, to be willing to trade down? Joe, good evening. Happy Friday. Um, I apologize that I'm a little late. The allergies are absolutely killing me this week and the past week. So, you know, the Go ahead. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Yeah. so, um, yeah, that's how my head feels. It feels foggy. So, just uh, if I sound a little congested, you understand why. Maybe I'm not playing at 100%, but, uh, you know, I'm still probably. I hope you're all right, man. Yeah, no. I hope you're all right. I hope you get better. Take yourself some you know, some antihistamines or something, you know, just stay out of that. I know that pollen is crazy right now. We got the, you know, we got things changing and moving out here. But what are your thoughts, man? Well, I thought I maybe did the purple drank by Jamarcus. I thought he always made a big part of that. So I might do that. <laughs> anyway, so, um, yeah, I know. Jake. If, you, if you guys remember Jamarcus Russell, that was his favorite drink. I don't go know ahead, why, but... Jake. Go ahead, anyway. man. What are your thoughts about this? Possible traded down all right, the draft. Okay. Anyway, so um, you know, listen. Obviously, if one of those tackles are there, done, done. You you got to mm. take one of them. I, I've said this now for multiple weeks, and Joe, I know you. I know you prioritize your calls because the first guy who called about uh, the Kai Beckton, and now I know who your favorite caller is. So I'm clearly not in the top right now. So. <laughs> At, at the same time, listen, we still need to get – we got to get a tackle if he's there. If it's Skaronsky, Paris Johnson, look, I'm a high-level yeah. guy, fine with Paris, fine with Skaronsky. Um, you know, Daywan Jones is interesting later on, but if kind of those core guys are gone, then yeah. I mean, look, not that I'm saying I am changing my stance in any way. I still believe in, I think, second-round pick and a conditional pick third-rounder for Rodgers. If the bottom line is all we have to do is, like, swap the first-rounders to truly just end this nightmare, I'm fine doing that, too. And maybe we're in a position, if a few of those tackles are still there between 13 and, I think, 15 with the Packers, I'm fine doing that. Mm-hmm. That just ends the point. But overall, I think the bottom line is you have to get one of those tackles. I think that's – I, I know there's discussions about Jackson Smith and Jigba and getting receivers. I think we're still all drunk mm-hmm. on the Odell stuff. I don't want to take a receiver at one, even though I love Garrett Wilson. I'm an Ohio State guy. I am truly just at a point where, like, we cannot be throwing in receivers. Because I know everyone's talking, like, well, Garrett uh, Rodgers never had a first-round receiver. Okay, Wilson's a first-round receiver. So, I, I don't know. That argument's kind of dead at that point. So, I think at this point you have to just take what you need to get this line up and running and take mm-hmm. it while you have it. You take the center in the second round. Use the other second. Yeah. Use the other second in the Rogers trade. We sacrifice the third round or whatever they can. I don't. I hope they can recuperate a pick. I still want to get a third round back, but you know, at the bottom line is if you want to get that tackle, you have to take a thirteen. No quarrels whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. That that's what I'm looking at as well. I think again, I've talked about. I don't want to see a new, another New York Jets quarterback running for their life. I just don't want to see that again. I don't want to see guys being able to get here off of edge pressure. And I understand Dwayne Brown is a guy that a lot of people are looking at and saying, hey, Joe, we got Dwayne Brown. He's a guy that, you know, can fill that spot. We don't need – Dwayne Brown's not going to be here forever. He's an older tackle. He can only play left tackle. So if he's here, 
He's going to be the Jets starting left tackle, if that. But I want some young blood. I need a young guy in here, especially when you look at, you know, the table that's set here for the upcoming draft. Broderick Jones being here, Paris Johnson, Sharonsky, any of those guys I would love. I know and there, there's people that aren't necessarily in love with Darnell Wright. We spoke, uh, you know, earlier tonight about to Tony Pauline as well. He spoke about Darnell Wright as well when I asked about him. But I could see the Jets, if, even if they moved down, I could see them still grabbing Darnell Wright if he's still there. I just don't like the idea of the New York Jets, you know, not taking a tackle if one of the top guys is, is there on the board. Again, Scronsky and Paris Johnson and Broderick Jones. And Broderick Jones is a guy that I know the Jets are pretty interested in. But when you look at the situation as well, you brought up center, right? Center is a, a position I think we absolutely need to attack immediately gigantic hole, right? No McGovern, no nothing. Is there a center that you covet in this upcoming draft, a guy that you really want to see become a New York Jet that you feel like is a great fit? The kid we talked about already tonight with, uh, I forgot his name again. I've been a little lackluster on names. The the Minnesota kid? Uh, we spoke about John Michael Smith tonight. Uh, yeah, him. Spoke about John this, Michael this, Smith and a, this, and a couple this, other guys this, this as well. Pete Humphreys, Tyler, Linderbaum, just Stop passing on it for the last couple of years and just finally take it. Like we did Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. we did all that in the second. Take it. Just get the guy mm-hmm. now. Let's get a center for the city. And obviously, look, I, I talked. I was actually talking to one of my patients, who's like a big Jet family. We went back and forth about center, and you know, he's fairly adamant, and maybe I slightly disagree with him on it. He said we should just go for Ben Jones and, and give Aaron Rodgers the uh, veteran center. But I think at this mm-hmm. point, if they wanted Ben Jones, they would have signed him. I think J.D. Uh, talked to his agent and said, look, we want to go into the draft. We want to see what's there. If we can't get someone we need or we feel like we need to kind of get the insurance pick, uh, insurance player kind of like Ben Jones and get him at a bargain, that's when I think he's going to come in. I think at some point he does fit based on the offensive line coach, Keith Carter, that we talked about before. Um, so I think it, it, they really got to just it, – it's really offensive line. I really hope at some point they are addressing linebacker. That is a position that is still at the top of the list next offensive line. I mean, the guys, yeah. the linebacker core is not really that great. I'm sorry. Like, I've been saying yeah. this now for two seasons now. You know, anyone who said Quincy Williams was, like, this massive signing for us, like, please. Although I want to stop for one second. Uh, J.D. made the signing of the offseason so far, and that's uh, Bryce Hopkins. I mean, re-signing Bryce Huff was the smartest decision he made. He is going to get his best pass rusher back on the field because he is the best pass rusher next to Quinn Williams. I will say that mm. wholeheartedly. This guy is going to get paid. And the fact they got him for mm-hmm. – I, I was almost upset they only got him at a one-year deal. I would have loved to give him a multi-year mm-hmm. deal now. I think it's worth it more than John Franklin Myers and Carl Lawson. I think he has shown you that he is – when he needs to be there and the chips are down, he gets it done. So I, I yeah. really, really am happy – really thrilled that they signed uh, Bryce Hopp today. I, I yeah. really think that yeah, he, signed his he, he deserves everything so far. Yeah, he signed his tender, and again, a restricted free agent tender. I like him being brought back as well. I'm excited the Jets are going to get him back this upcoming season for everything that you said. I don't, now, again, I like Carl Lawson as well. I think Carl Lawson is phenomenal, puts together a lot of havoc. But like you said, Bryce Huff is a guy that's getting it done out there on the field, and we see a big impact, and I'm hoping – at some point in the upcoming future that the New York Jets are going to be able to extend him and keep him a Jet for quite some time because he has been phenomenal on this defense. Now, when we talk about extending people, i got to talk to you about Quentin Williams, all right? Still, no deal in place, right? Has skipped the start of the offseason program. 
What are your thoughts about that situation, Jake? When do you think that this gets done? Are you concerned about it? There's a lot of Jets fans that I've spoken with that are jumping out of their skin and upset that he has not been extended and, you know, they, they haven't made it known that he's going to be a Jet for the rest of his career yet. How are you feeling about this situation, and when do you think it will get done? My new favorite words from our new quarterback, R-E-L-A-X, guys, relax. Okay, they've got a draft to worry about. They've got a back to figure out. Get that done. Quinnen will be there by training camp. He already said that this was a possibility. I, I, don't, I don't know why everyone's, like, getting – there's so much hoopla about this. He's, he's, he's staying, guys. He's staying. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go one out here. If, if he is not signed, then you can take my words, Joe Douglas could be fired. Let's just put it that way. Okay, because Whoa. then you're, just in, you're inviting the conversation of we're not going to retain players. Like our own players, so, but I, I, but that's how confident I am. He's going to get resigned by trading him. Yeah. Invol, it's voluntary yeah. stuff. I'm not gonna listen. This is why, like, I'm surprised everyone's so worried about Aaron Rodgers. It's like, do we really need to have him sit balls and shorts and take psychedelics on the sideline? No, I'm not worried about that right now. Like, it's really all about just getting him in the in when we need him there by training camp. You don't, you don't think Alan Lazard has already gotten a copy of the playbook and went to Staples and gave Rodgers someone's mm-hmm. updated book? No, it's the same book they're basically reading, and they're all going to go to California and throw footballs together. I mean, come on, guys. Like, mm-hmm. you think they're like a bunch of goody two-shoe players, like, we're not going to let the coach the NFL set. No, they're going to they're gonna practice. It's fine. I, 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 just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know I'm going to answer it for a second, but I'm just saying, there's, right now we're in the position – of just getting the picks that whatever gun cuts is going to have to deal with because he's not a good general manager. We want to get the finances together. Quinn will be there mm-hmm. by training camp. Okay? I guarantee yeah. at this point. I'm not even sweating this. Look, this is the last thing I'm actually worried about more than anything. Yeah. You know, I, I look at it kind of the same way. Um, but I will tell you, I was a little shocked that he wasn't extended earlier, especially, again, with that – that floor is starting to get higher and higher with Simmons signing his deal, which brought it up, and there's other guys signing deals as well that's pushing that number pretty north. You know, I'm assuming that 25 mil is where they're probably going to have to settle, you know, per season for Quentin Williams at this point. But I think it eventually will get done. He'll be a Jet for the rest of his career. Joe Douglas talked about how phenomenal he is. And I think when you do that, that reverberates to the locker room as well, shows guys, hey, you play well, you do what we tell you, you you ball out, we're going to pay you also leaks into uh, free agents as well, players that are looking at here and saying, hey, you know, there's a place we can go. They, they do guys right. They treat their own right. Look what they did with Quentin Williams. So I think it'll get done. But you talked about this wide receiver position as well, and I'm looking at it, man, and there's some big question marks here for me. You look at Corey Davis, I'm wondering, why is this guy still on the roster? I thought he was gone. He might actually be here this upcoming season. And then there's rumors swirling about Denzel Mims, you know, already having issues with the offensive staff. What do you make of this Jets wide receiver position as well? And with those questions, could you see the Jets possibly taking a wide receiver in this upcoming draft, maybe in the later rounds? Uh, Joe, just uh, back up for a second. Uh, What's the news about Corey Davis? Because I've been busy all day. What what was the news again about him? So, Corey Corey Davis, uh, again, there's a lot of talk surrounding Corey Davis right now that he – looks like he's going to be here, like he's still going to be on the Jets roster. A lot of people, according, even me, thought that Corey Davis was going to be gone, right? We all thought that he was going to be cut or released this, this offseason. He has not yet been. 
Now some people remember there was rumors about him possibly being traded, being in the trade for Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't sound like that's happening. And there's also rumors swirling about Denzel Mims as well, already kind of having friction with the new coaching staff. Again, that's just rumors swirling. There's no concrete analyst that has said this yet, come out and said it, but there's rumors swirling about, you know, him already having friction with the offensive staff. So what do you make of these situations within this wide receiver position group? Uh, well, first, I, I don't get any impression that we know Corey Davis is not going to be involved in this trade. I mean, I don't see how that's a, that was a fact yet. So let's wait on that because he's costing a lot of money. I, I you know, I, there has to be some rationale as to why he's still sticking around, being that the trade hasn't been made yet because he's costing us money and maybe the mm-hmm. um, Packers can look at this as kind of like a – I don't want to say salary dump-ish, but it's almost kind of like they just want to get a, like a veteran flyer to come in there for a year and see what happens if he fits with Jordan Love. So I, I don't think it's far-fetched to think he's so involved with the deal. The, the Mims news, that's another thing I did not know about. He's having friction. I mean, look, I we went through this before, and he contributed last year under LaFleur. Look, I, 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 I need to see what happens in the draft before I can say about Mims. Um I don't think they're taking a receiver in the first. If that's the bigger question here, I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. I love all these guys. I just don't think we're taking a receiver in the first round. I, I, I really would be almost – I wouldn't be angry. I just would be very, very, very surprised, being as that, mm-hmm. that we have more authority. And obviously, we can, you know, we're not going to repeat everything we talked about earlier because we know what we want at 13 uh, in ter- uh, the line. I, I just think that at this point, if they want to get an offensive, if they want to get sorry, they want to get a wide receiver. They want to get it like kind of like the mid rounds. I mean, look, they 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 obviously want to get they want to they want to bring in Randall Cobb. I mean, I'm surprised we still haven't talked about that Randall Cobb is going to probably be on this team 1,000. percent I mean, that's a big reason why Rogers stayed in Green Bay is when they got uh, Cobb from uh, Houston back to Green Bay. So we know he's going to be in. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be automatic? Starter, I, it's hard to say. Look, you know what? This is this is uh, the offense is the entire Green Bay team, so I mean they can kind of do whatever they want. I don't really care that much. But if you want to get a young buck here after Barrios was a colossal bust, then you want to get somebody in here for that situation. Of course, if Corey Davis is not the future, yeah, you're going to draft a receiver. I think they can draft the receiver in the first round. The guy who called before, look, I don't think he's crazy. And I said this a week ago. You know, I don't think drafting mm-hmm. quarterbacks completely insane either. I really don't. I don't think it's completely insane because I know what your argument is about Wilson. We don't have to go into that tonight. And I heard you. I hear you loud and clear. But the fact is, is that if Zach, Wil- Zach Wilson's not going to settle as a backup here. There's no future with him being a backup. So it's either he's the starter or he's gone. And Tim Boyle's not the future backup here. Why though? Sorry. Why? why and I'm gonna. I'm gonna because I want to ask you that question. You just said that there's no future in him being a backup. I don't think that's true. Why can't he be a backup here? He's already talked about knowing, like, the worst has happened. He's already talked about being benched. They, they talked about them possibly bringing in veterans. We know that they made it very public that they were going to go after veteran quarterbacks. The coaches did. The, the whole staff, Joe Douglas, everybody, right? The veteran turned out to be Aaron Rodgers. We know that Aaron Rodgers, to this point, it hasn't happened just yet, but we know that Aaron Rodgers is in the works to become a Jet. What exactly is Wilson going to do? They can't trade him. If they could trade Zach Wilson and get some solid compensation back, uh, Jake, they would have already have done it. Don't nobody want him, at least not for any real compensation, as they shouldn't. He hasn't done anything to really want to make you want to give up anything. So what other alternatives do they have outside of cutting Zach Wilson so that he's not a backup? 
Wait, Joe, I'm a little confused. Are you making the argument that Zach Wilson could be a future backup for us? I, I'm a little confused what your argument is here. No, you, you, you said earlier, you said he, he's not going to be a backup here, right? He's not going to be a backup. For the future. And for I'm the saying. Future. Not, not, this year is one thing. I'm talking about for the future. There's no rationale to think that Zach, you're not going to keep this guy through all this and make him the backup of your team for the future. That's absurd. I've never even heard that kind of. That's like saying if Eli Manning stank, he no. was in the backup. Yeah, okay, okay. No, okay. he's, well, he's, he can't. It's Sam Darnold. Was, I mean, you can't make these kind of picks and just make them back up. That's just, it's bad for the mm-hmm. locker room. It's bad for chemistry. It's bad for the whole situation. Mm-hmm. It, it, if Zach Wilson's the starter, he's not on this team. It, there, there's no, that's the point I'm trying to make is they don't have a situation okay. right now for a future backup quarterback. And while they have Aaron Rodgers, they can still experiment and get someone for two years while they're competing in the system and seeing Zach Wilson's even capable of running it. That's, that's the argument I'm trying to make about this from day one. I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not guaranteeing it. I just think it's a fair argument to say based on the situation that they are in with juggling quarterbacks and knowing what Zach Wilson is and having Aaron Rodgers here for two years, which I still think is the case. So I, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's far-fetched. I really don't. And, you know, they don't find I'm not going to cry wolf about it. It's just I think they mm-hmm. can justify that happening. But, um, yeah, I, I just I was a little confused. I thought you were telling me, like, Zach Wilson should be a future backup here, and I was like – No, that's, that's what I, I mean. That, <laughs> no, that, that's what, no, that's what I thought because I, I was hearing your argument. I thought you were saying that basically like, Zach Wilson is going to be gone because he probably doesn't want to be a backup in this situation to Aaron Rodgers, and it's like he don't really have a choice. Now, I do understand your point. You know, once you, once you clarify that, I do understand your point about – you know, the future backup thing. Do I think that Zach Wilson is going to be a future backup? No. I, and I, I spoke about it earlier as well. I think that they're going to give him time. I think Aaron Rodgers gets his two years, and I think Zach is going to get his chance. Now, again, within these however long Aaron Rodgers is going to be here, he's going to be, you know, he's going to get his chance in practice and everything else to really show people that he can improve under the new offensive coordinator, Hackett, and that his mechanics are going to improve with, you know, some of the guys they added on the staff as well. And if he can't do that behind Aaron Rodgers, and with Boyle helping him, and with Hackett helping him, and with the, you know, the things that they're going to do here and try to tailor the playbook to his strengths, then I think he's gone, and I think we end up drafting another quarterback. That's what I think is going to happen. You know, I think they're setting him up for and, – and honestly, to be completely honest uh, with you, Jake, and I've talked about this constantly, I know a lot of people look at this like it's, it's the death sentence for, Jack, for Zach Wilson. And I'm telling you all, I don't think that is. I don't think it's true. I think that, honestly, this is the best thing that could possibly happen for him. Because if he cannot get things together in this situation, with the team being built the way that it's being built, with his hero coming in to help him, right, and not only help the team, but help him as well continue to grow and get better, with a new, a new coaching, a new offensive coordinator in the building with a fresh set of eyes and a solid skill set ready to help him, you know, grow, I'm telling you, if he cannot flourish under this, then what else can you do? This is the best thing that could happen to Zach Wilson because otherwise he is gone and out the door. And it's going to be a rough spot for him because I don't think any team in the league would look at him as big of a project as he is and really think about taking that on. It's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. But we continue to talk about this situation with the quarterback, but I want to get your thoughts on this. And this is something that we talked about, and I really want to see how you feel. I know we talked about tackles in the draft in the first round. But my final question for you, a lot of people talking about Jalen Carter possibly sliding down the board because of the issues off the field, because of the stuff with this pro day. There's a lot of things going around wondering if he actually plays to the wall every single play. 
If Jalen Carter is at 13, could you see the New York Jets drafting him? Jalen Carter, defensive tackle from Georgia. Could you see the New York Jets taking him at 13? No. No. Why? Why? Because are we building the sons of anarchy again? Do we really need to keep doing this over and over again? Joe, it's, we're taking tackle. We're taking tackle. Okay. I, 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 I find it. I find it really rich that a lot of people think that there's justification taking another tackle, another defensive tackle. Guys, watch all the quarterbacks getting destroyed. Take the defensive tackle. Take the offensive line and be done with this period. Listen, Jake, it was phenomenal speaking with you. Jake said it. You know, I've, again, I've talked to a lot of Jets fans that have said, I think we, we had callers on the, on the past show as well that were talking about, don't be surprised if the Jets take Jalen Carter if he slides. I've been saying, I don't know about that. If, but, uh, pass, look, you know. if they were going to pass on Kayvon Thibodeau for his attitude, are we going to take somebody that got into the problem with the law? Let's be frank here. Hmm. I'm gonna, if you want well, to make one argument about that. Mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. There's a lot of things going on. But listen, Jake, I want to thank you for calling in. It's a phenomenal call from you. Next time I have a show, I want to hear from you, all right? Joe, next week, let's see what happens. But listen, I, our quarterback's either coming next week or June 1st. It's happening, guys. All right? Have a good night. <laughs> we'll see. You have a good one. A lot of things moving and shaking, man. Stuff with Aaron Rodgers just continues to flow on and on and on. All right? But like I said as well, the stuff with Jalen Carter, I know there's a lot of – listen, that guy's phenomenal. I'm talking about phenomenal. He's the dominant defensive tackle. We've seen it right at Georgia. And his talent, his talent is there. Everyone knows his talent is there. But you got to start to question other things as well. Off the field stuff, showing up to the pro day heavy, you know, not finishing his drills as well. The pro day, I'm wondering, I'm wondering. A lot of questions surrounding him. But I see the New York Jets taking an offensive lineman at 13. They've got to grab him. So we'll see what happens. Again, you know, we'll continue to follow this situation. We'll have shows for the draft, and we'll definitely be talking about that. It's going to be very interesting. Draft is right around the corner, right around the corner. So I'm going to go ahead and close up the show. This is a phenomenal show, man. We've gone back and forth. Tony Pauline was great <laughs> going at it with the savages. <laughs> Tell people. Savages will get after you. Listen, I'm the man of the people. I'm here for the people. Let me shamelessly promote my Facebook page. Everyone go on Facebook, search The Long Beach Joe Show. Like that page. My content's up there. Go ahead and give it a listen. Message me. I'll message you right back. I love going back and forth with you folks about this football team. Also, leave me some feedback. I love thinking about what you folks think I do here on The Long Beach Joe Show. I'm also on Twitter as well, okay? Go on over to Twitter. Type in at The Long Beach Joe. At The Long Beach Joe on Twitter, all right? Follow me. I'll follow you right back. You want to troll me? No issues. I am the troll that lives under the bridge, and I will have my Vera Tucker jersey on at all times. At all times, all right? At all times. When Elijah Vera Tucker this season, I'm telling you, he's going to dominate people. No, there's a lot of Jets fans that want to move him to left tackle for some reason. I'm not interested in that. Leave him at right tackle. Leave him at right guard, excuse me. Okay, and let him do his thing. All right, we see him be dominated guard. Yes, he can play every position on the line. What's new? All right, that's what USC players do. That's what USC offensive linemen do. You can put them anywhere. They'll figure it out. 
That's why we're such a good uh, college football team. You know? We got a history for a reason. That's all I'm going to say. Fight on. All right? So I'll be down there. We'll be trolling. You can also catch your boy on YouTube as well. Okay? Come on over to YouTube. Long Beach Joe Jets. Long Beach Joe Jets on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell so when I post content, you folks will be in know. Give the video a thumbs up as well. If you want to troll me, hit those comments. Troll me. We can go back and forth in there as well. Okay? We can go back and forth in there as well. And as always, people, when you see me in person, because you will eventually, it is arms out, chest open, free hugs for everyone. Free hugs for everyone. The hugs will cost you absolutely nothing. I want to thank everyone for calling in. I want to thank everyone for interacting with your boy, all the savages in the chat. Any way that you interact with me, I want to thank you for that. Folks that have to do the best without you, I'm telling you, I'm nothing. Salute. So until the next show, folks, you folks have a good one. Peace.